Today's scripture reading is Matthew 12, 33 to 42. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so for three days and three nights the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth. The people of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the proclamation of Jonah. And indeed, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon and indeed something greater than Solomon is here. You ever feel like you've walked into the middle of an argument? You know, like you, you walk in and you know, there's, there's a scuttlebutt going on and you just want to you know, walk right out. That's, that's what's happening in this scripture right now. Uh, what's happening is, uh, again, we're, we're just pe- taking a piece of it, but there's stuff that's happened before and there's stuff that, that's happened afterwards. But, but right here, Jesus is uh, kind of having a verbal um, discussion with uh, the religious leaders. Jesus never got more heated than when he was talking to religious leaders. It really uh, bugged him because if they were um, hypocritical, if they were using their... Um, uh, their, their power to mislead people. He really had an issue with that. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening here. The, uh, the, what's happened just before this is that the, uh, the, the religious leaders have accused him of working for the devil and all of this kind of stuff. So right at the meat of this huge uh, fight, and that's what uh, Jesus is talking about because he's, uh, the, the reason that the religious leaders are so uh, perplexed by him is because of this authority that he is preaching on, but the authority that he's using is about welcoming people. It's about the kingdom of heaven being there for everybody. It's about him going beyond the doors and, and, and helping people uh, that are, 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 are outcasts and in need. And they don't like that because they like their, their, uh, their, their status, uh, both financially and uh, power. They, you know, people uh, would oftentimes, if they were walking down the street, they would, they would clear the path for them. They were, they were the religious leaders. You know, this was, this was a, a big deal. They, they, they enjoyed that. They enjoyed the separation of we and they. And Jesus was all about we. There was no they. It was all about we. And that's why the, the, the big argument that they continued to have. And so Jesus is telling them, you know, the only proof that you need, that you, they, they, they were saying, you know, um, uh, well, that's, let me back up. This is why he's talking about the, the, the fruits of the Spirit. Is he's accusing the, the, the religious leaders of being, of being hypocrites. Of, of, you're saying this stuff. You're, you're teaching this stuff. And, and, but your, your life is not reflecting this. 
You, you, the things that you're doing in your life are so hypocritical of the things of, of the kingdom of God that you don't even see it. And the fruit of your spirit, you're showing people this separation. You're showing them this power. You're showing them this, this, this lust for uh, greed and status and all of this kind of stuff. That's not the message that I'm here for. That's not why I'm, I'm even here. You're, you're not seeing what I'm doing. And so we're, we just walked into the door as this is as it's, it's heated. And they reply back, not in a kind way, but they say, hey, all right, if you think that you're this way, then show us some proof. And what they want is Jesus is saying, you know, I, I am the proof. You, you don't understand that. I am the proof. You, you want a magic act. You want more of this uh, stuff. You want, you want to see me do this with the wine. You want to see me do all that kind of stuff. It's not about any of this stuff. I am the proof. You, you, you're so... You're, you're, you're so, and he's, he calls it wicked and, and, and adulterous and perverse, and you don't get it because your mind is so much on this other stuff. You're not seeing that the Savior is right before you. And the example that he says, the only true proof that you need is the same uh, proof that was Jonah. Jonah's the story of a, of a prophet that was uh, uh, in the belly of a, of a sea monster for three days and three nights. And he says, you know, that's, that's the only proof that you're going to see. In other words, he's saying, my very resurrection is the proof that you need. The, it's not, it's not the, all of this, you know, little things like this. It's, it's the fact that I am here before you. That's it. I don't need to uh, bow to your uh, need for signs when you are seeing everything that you need right here. He talks about, you know, uh, people traveling to hear uh, Solomon. Solomon was a very uh, wise man for a while. <laughs> and then he uh, went, you know, AWOL. But uh, during this time, people traveled to, to hear him talk. And, and so what he's hinting to these re the religious leaders that know all of these stories is that the wisdom and the miracle is right here. And you're not seeing it. But you know what? Um, Sometimes I like to look at the religious leaders, as, as Jesus pointed out, hypocrites. Uh, they were people that were lusting for, for power and greed. But every once in a while, they mention something that I can kind of relate to. And one of the things that they, they mention is um, wanting to see a sign, a proof. And I have to admit, there's been times in my life that I've said that very same thing. Show me, show me a sign. Show me proof. Let me know that you're there. Sometimes life can be like a, a long drive in a car. Uh, you ever taken a long drive? Have you ever taken a, lo a long drive by yourself and your mind just starts kind of wandering? And it's almost like muscle memory kicks in. And, you know, you have the instinct to look for danger and stuff, but you miss, you start spacing out the important things, you know, the scenic views, all of the other stuff. And you just, you're so lost in your thought that you are not really thinking about the drive at all. There's been times when I've reached my destination and I can't even really tell you what I drove by, you know? Have you, has that ever happened to you? Okay. Thank you for that. One of the longest drives I ever took in my life was uh, one of the shortest distances. Um, 
I was always, I used to do things for churches. I used to perform. I used to uh, uh, help with, with church things and stuff. But um, I believed in God. I'm never sure, the part I struggled with was I, I wasn't sure God believed in me. Um, most of my life, uh, I had suffered greatly from uh, insecurities. Insecurities is when you look in the mirror and you hate everything that you see. You think about yourself. You hate everything that you are. Uh, you fear the world because you see everybody is better than you. And that's, that's who I was. And I, when I got into uh, uh, radio and things like that, I would chase um, temporary happiness. Uh, things that would give me moments of uh, feeling like I was worth something because my self-worth was so low. Uh, oftentimes that led to um, acts that I'm not proud of, selfish acts, uh, lustful acts, uh, uh, dates, uh, one-night stands, um, uh, even performances, just to get that, uh, that moment of approval. And all along, when I was chasing these short-term things, the long-term of me was miserable because it never held up. You, you, you would have moments where you would have this, this happy time, but as soon as that time was over, you were back staring at that image in the mirror, hating hating who you saw, and I mean hating who you saw. And now you hated yourself even worse because the things that you were doing to achieve that happiness have brought you shame. And so now you're even more, uh, you're worse off than you were before. I, I, I have a 26-year-old son, and I kept thinking, uh, I was divorced from his mom very early on. I, it was never a marriage of love. I, I wasn't sure what a relationship of love was. When you hate yourself so much, uh, love can stand right before you and you won't, you won't see it. And I remember after that divorce that thinking that... I had to give my son a, a family unit, you know? I always, always talked about the family unit. You have to have this and all this stuff, and that, that brings happiness. And when you're by yourself and you think that how much you, of yourself you hate, you think, I can't raise my son by myself because I hate myself. How could I be a father? I'm a terrible human being. And so I kept jumping to one relationship to the other, trying to find stability in my son's life while all along I was only creating more and more chaos. I would jump into relationships uh, using love as a catchphrase, but not as a feeling. And they would always end tragically. Uh, ne never on... Mutual terms, good, you know, I wish you the best. It was never, never like that. It was like, I wish you were dead. You know, that's how those ended. And 
the latest one happened the night of that long drive. It had ended very, very ugly. Um, and I was driving. At the time that all this was happening, my life was crumbling. Uh, I, I, I used to be an actor. I would uh, perform in, I would do uh, television commercials. Uh, I, every once in a while I would do uh, stand-up. Uh, and at this particular time, I was uh, in a play in the Haymarket. Uh, I can't even remember what the play was called. Um, but I know that my life was falling in a spiral when I was doing this play. It, the juxtaposition is, is almost funny because at one time, you know, your, your world is just crumbling, and the next time you're getting laughs on stage. Uh, the play itself was, uh, I played a, um, a plumber, I think. And what the play was is that I was, the, the stage was set kind of like this, and over here was the kitchen of a famous person who, was, who had been retired from her fame. I'm the plumber, and I recognize her, and I start to ask her about her life. And so when we would uh, talk about her life, she would step forward, and then she would bring the audience into her life of fame, and, and, all the, and they would sing and you know, do things like that. So I was kind of like the, uh, the, the comic that, uh, actor that just kind of uh, helped propel the story. And so when, I was, when she would be talking to me, there'd be this little set of, of a kitchen, and I would be working on the kitchen and everything like that. Um, I had index cards of my lines strategically placed all over the place. I can't remember lines at all. I can, that's why I never write down a, a sermon, because I have no idea uh, what, to remember anything. So they were strategically placed. And um, as soon as she would walk into her, uh, her retelling of the story, a curtain would close and close off that kitchen part. And I would sit there uh, in darkness. And it was very, it was a, a wonderful illustration of where my life felt at that time. Uh, life was going on, bells and whistles, all of this kind of stuff. Everyone was happy and laughing. I was sitting in the dark, just waiting for what, I, I, I don't know. And so the last marriage had ended horribly. Uh, we're talking screams, uh, fights, uh, all, all kinds of name-calling, not, not anything good. I am uh, driving now for another performance by myself. It's a play that I would have loved to have gotten out of, but I was contractual. It was one of those things that uh, I couldn't get out of it. You signed a contract, you know, you were, you were a professional. This is what you did. And so I'm driving. And I'm thinking, I think I'm done. I failed at everything. I'm a terrible father. I love my son, but I, I wasn't able to give him that family unit. We're packing up and we're moving out again. I'm a terrible person. I kept thinking about all the things that brought me happiness, and they were all 
temperamental, physical, materialistic. I didn't really know what faith truly was at this time. And I just thought, I am such a failure. And in the cup holder of my car was a bottle of pills. I've always suffered from uh, back problems. Never asked me to help you move. Um, and there were prescription pills. And I was driving, and it was one of those times when you don't see the journey. I just kept staring at those pills. And I kept thinking, maybe that's it. Maybe this is the only thing I can get right. And I pulled into the parking lot where the play was. And I just sat there. And I grabbed the, bo the bottle. It was full. And I just kept staring at it. I felt like I had never seen a sign of love in my life. I had chased things and just ended up hurting people. I think that's what bothered me the most, is not hurting myself, but the fact that I had hurt so many other people. And I took the cap off. And I said, God, is this what you want me to do? And just then, there was a pounding on the window of my car. And I looked up, and it was a, a friend of mine named uh, Jamie Brown, who was the worship leader for a church that I attended. He wasn't in the play, he, but he knew that my life was crumbling. And he had staked out the parking lot of that theater because he knew that I had a performance that night. I don't know if I would have taken it. But Jamie stopped me before I was able to make that choice. It was at that time, something clicked. The signs that I were looking at, I realized that it's not about signs at all. It's about evidence. There's a difference between signs and evidence. Huge difference. Signs are when you want something to... to kind of bow at your command and perform and, and prove things, but evidence is the things that are right there in front of you. 
That was the message Jesus was telling 2,000 years ago to these guys saying, show me something. And he was saying, it's right here. I didn't get that until that moment. We, we, we spend so much of our lives looking for proof, signs. We want a show. We want, we want uh, something of, to, to entertain us or to, to, to have something big happen before we agree to have faith. When all along, the faith that we seek, the proof of it that we seek, it's not in this It's in this. It's not the smoke machines. It's not the bells and whistles. It's not the the walking on water. It's not the changing water into wine. It's it's somebody reaching out and touching another person. That's where we find Christ. Christ. It's about community. It's about loving people. And yes, it's about loving ourselves. There's a lot of people in this world that are driving alone. And they don't know that. They don't know that Christ is there for them. They don't know that Christ has never left. We can be kind. We can be advocates. We can be stand up for social justice. I get all of that. And all of that is important. But for me, if it's not centered around Christ, it is nothing. I did things. I did nice things. I did, you know, I had a church of people that uh, thought that I was hilarious and loved me, but I was dying inside because I didn't know what the church was there for. And we have a lot of people in our life that don't know what they're there for. They see messages of Christians that say that Jesus hates them because of who they are. We need to be a voice of people that say that's, that's not true. Jesus loves you. Loves you. How do we prove it? What signs can we give? Just be yourself. September is Suicide Awareness Month. We're actually at the tail end of Suicide Awareness Week. I don't know why we have a week and a a month, but as long as we're talking about it, it's important. If there's a a number that you could memorize or write down or just have on you, it's this one right here. Three digits, 988. There are people, if you're if you are not one of them that has felt like you're driving alone in this life, you know somebody that does feel that way. 
They need to know they're loved. They need to know that they're accepted. They need to know that they're welcomed. But they need more than anything to know Christ. Because without Christ, it's like driving alone without a car. I pray we can share this message and we can help people in crisis and we can love people before they ever get there. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us to know you're there. We, we don't need grandiose signs. Just show us the evidence. Help us to know you're there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My prayer for all of us this week is that we reach out. We reach out to our friends. We reach out to ourselves. Oftentimes we are there in a moment of crisis. I pray that we reach out before crisis is ever thought of. If you have somebody in your life that you just want to say, hey, you know, I've just been thinking about you, tell them. And if you have somebody that is looking for a place of kindness and love, and most of all, Jesus Christ, invite them here, where all are welcome. Amen.